What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the Sabres are still alive after a 4-3 to victory over the Carolina Hurricanes. A very impressive victory, that is, that saw Devin Levi make 31 saves. Rasmus Dahlin had maybe his best game of the season, scoring three points had an incredible defensive play to literally save a goal from going in. And he looked like his healthy, normal self in this one. It was such an outstanding day for Rasmus Dahlin in this victory against, again, a Carolina Hurricanes team that is one of the best in all of the NHL going up against potential future Sabres goalie, Antti Ranta. Listen to our last episode to get that reference. And now the Sabres remain alive in the playoff hunt. The bad news is, Taylor, they may be out of it by the end of the day today on Monday as the Islanders and the Florida Panthers, with them both winning, that would then knock the Buffalo Sabres out of playoff contention. So, Taylor, let's talk about the game a little bit first before we get into the bigger picture here with the playoffs. 4-3 to victory against Carolina in a game where the Sabres looked pretty impressive. The offensive creativity was there. Sure, they had some of their usual mistakes there. There was some blunders, but... By and large, the Sabres looked really good against a very impressive Carolina team. So what were your thoughts in this game? It's awesome. It's an awesome win. Uh, things are obviously looking bleak in terms of the playoff picture, but it's just cool that, first of all, it's a, it's a team that none of us like uh, for the most part. Anyone in the Sabres fan base with a soul, I should say, and anyone over the age of 25. And Carolina's good. Like, no two ways about it. Carolina is probably the second best team in the NHL this regular season and second or third, whatever. Anyway, they're not just coasting. It's not just the end of the season for them. They are still fighting with New Jersey for that last playoff spot. So this that was it's legitimately a, a a big-ish game for them. Like that's the, the, I think if you're a Carolina fan, you're like, that's something you got to have, that win. And the Sabres, you know, they came out on top, and they didn't have to do anything ridiculous to do it. It wasn't luck. They just straight up played a better game than, than Carolina, and they didn't they didn't really let any adversity get to them. They kind of stayed steady the whole time. And I'm looking at it like Casey Middlestad had like a really good day. That's that's it. It wasn't just like Tage or Darlene or the top line stop stepping up. Although Tage and Darlene both did have goals. Uh, Middlestad having such a big day, uh, kind of capping off what has been a real nice second half of the season for him. So that's good. And I'm just I'm looking at the shots because I just want to see how Levi, how many saves Levi had because. Ransa had an okay day, not a great day. Yeah, Levi, yeah, 31 stops on 31, 34 shots. It's a good day. Good day for our pal Devin after what was not a, all that great of a game on Thursday. Absolutely, and we could definitely give uh, a shout-out to Casey Middlestad a little bit more here, too, because we talked about it really a, a bit over these last few weeks that he has really played himself into the conversation of being a part of this team's future, pretty much just being on the roster next season and potentially beyond. Something that I think in the beginning of the season, just given the track record, given his play, given what we saw from him for the first half of this season here, to, to think of where we are now, it's it's been a pretty remarkable turnaround. He surpassed 50 points this year, which again is something that that's a that's a pretty solid feat. Like that's for being a middle six player. Give credit where it's due. You know he he absolutely deserves that. So what do you think, Taylor? I mean, I know you know we're down the home stretch here. We only have a few more games to go, but as we're heading getting ready to head into the off season, I should say, where do you stand with Middlestat and his standing on this team next year? 
Yeah, I think, like we said before, it's going to kind of depend on who, what they do in free agency slash trades if they try to go for another forward and it, what they think of Coolidge and Savoy's possibilities for coming up next year. Uh, but with all that being said, like th- those are the caveats. I do think he should come back unless there's a really compelling trade. I think he's definitely made himself into an NHL player and he's finished really strong. Same can't be said about someone else we've talked about in trade rumors over the last few years. So at Middlestat really, and if you, you'd be surprised if you looked at it, because the first half of the year we kind of pounded on, yeah, he has points, a lot of, a lot of uh, power play assists. Like not that that's a bad thing to get, but it's also not all that impressive. And he's kind of feeding off more talented players in the power play. But in the second half of the year, way more primary points and really more primary assists at even strength, which is really just a fancy way of saying he's been good at passing. I don't know if there's something that Granado did, like working with him to change his game, because we have said a million times, he's way too hesitant to shoot and he still is. But instead of just, I guess, kind of like mashing that button until he starts shooting again, what it seems like they've kind of, either he himself or the team has kind of reworked him into a pass first guy. And he's, he's been a pretty solid passer and the two goals yesterday were great, but most of the good plays you've been seeing on a middle stat of late are really cool passes to his line mates. So nothing wrong with being a pass first guy. He's not going to be a first liner or anything like that, but you know, it's, it's, it's something at the very least he does it at above average NHL level. So that's, it's, it's genuinely a pretty, it's almost a good problem the Sabres have now because it's not like, Oh, we got some, Outside of middle stat, like they have too many forwards is, is a good way of saying it. We thought that before this year, but that's because some bozo like Andres Bjork might have still been on the roster or whatever. Like going into next year, it's like, man, who are these 12 going to be? Because it's th- th- there's a lot of guys like you're keeping the first two lines. Joe looks good. So you might want to bring Jost back. Krebs, you might want to bring Gergensen's back. And then you obviously have middle stat. You, who knows what they do with Olofsson. And then you have to think about Coolidge and Savoy. And then all of a sudden you might remember they have two other guys they drafted in the first round who are currently in the, uh, the AHL and junior hockey realm respectively. So that's, it's, it, it is, it's a nice problem to have. I also, I shouldn't say Austin's in junior hockey, but you know what I'm saying? He's not in the NHL. So it, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to see that. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do with all that. But back to the middle step point, I do think he's an NHLer. I would not be mad about bringing him back, but also it's not as simple as just bring back Casey. Cause there's, there's a lot of moving parts here. Right. Ideally, you don't want the forward corp to look the exact same as it does right now. Right. I you mean, wanna, you want to see a little bit of uh, of change there, some upgrade. Yeah. And if there's a sad up, there's a sad change, though, that they're probably going to be making. If I had to guess. Yeah. There will be a new captain next year. It's unfortunate, but I don't really, I don't really see a way around it. Well, before we talk about the guy who may be the captain next year, just to wrap up on Casey Middlestat, Middlestat is now up to nine points in his last five games. Wow. Very impressive stuff. Damn good for you, Casey, because he was kind of cold points-wise for a little bit. Yeah. No, like I said, primary assisted even strength, that's a good thing. And it's in big games down the stretch, too. That's undeniable. Like, these are really important games where they're just hanging on for dear life, and he's showing up for them. And so there's something to be said about that as well. But – Let's talk a little bit about Rasmus Dahlin, who had, again, one of his best performances of the season in this one, scoring a goal and adding two assists. He ends up, again, preventing a goal. And again, I mean, his his assist on middle stats goal was 
unbelievable. His ability to just, he, he's not like he's skating particularly fast or like burning anybody. He's just so smooth with the puck on his stick and is able to just like evade pressure and withstand pressure so well. And to be able to find metal stat like that, like the, the, the Deeks enough were impressive, but then to be able to just have that vision to be able to feed middle stat like that, it was, I mean, it was beautiful to watch. It was in, in, incredible. Yeah. It it just was a, a really cool game yesterday all around, I would say. Like, just just multiple sequences of just like, damn, those are our guys. Like, these guys are here for the long haul. These guys are good young players. They're on our team, and the Sabres are, like, cool to watch. It's not just one or two guys anymore. That was nice. It was a nice feeling, I have to say. Agreed. They're keeping up with these teams. It's it's pretty remarkable. How about Tage, too, playing on the wing? That was pretty interesting yesterday. So, obviously, Middlestack getting a lot of these opportunities was due to the fact that he was centering the top line in between Skinner and Tuck, whereas Tage was playing with Cousins and Greenway. Tage playing back on the wing. What were I don't love that. There? Don't, don't love it. it. He scored, but... Yeah, maybe he's confident enough that it doesn't matter. I really still like him down the middle the best, though. Agreed. Yeah, in the long term. Maybe you want to try something for a couple of games or whatever. That's fine. I don't really think you need to play Cousins and Tage together, though. No. Really, regardless of the circumstances. Yeah, not particularly. I think also there's probably... Injury has something to do with this, of course, too. That just to maybe yeah. lighten, the, lighten the load for him a little bit, playing with a guy like Cousins but he still wants to be out there and playing. Cause it's, you know, these are important games down the stretch. Yeah. I wonder he if they, really healthy. yeah, if they get eliminated, I wonder if he goes to the press box, Shuts maybe down. Yeah. Perhaps yeah, like they shut him down and, and see what happens. There's a real pot. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, there's no real reason not to, if he was within reach of 50 goals or a hundred points, I'd say so, but he isn't really, I mean, he could uh, he could go off. We are playing Columbus again. Don't forget. True. So maybe what you do is shut him down until we play Columbus and let him get nine goals. <laughs> That's fun. That's perfect. So just just coming across the wire right now, the Bruins broke the wins record. Your thoughts? Moving on. So this is actually a very busy week for the Thank Sabres. You. This is like a real like NBA in 2005 ass schedule. I don't know what this is like. Oh man, <laughs> the seven, AI and the 76ers are going out to the West Coast. They're playing Seattle, Portland, and both LA teams on Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. <laughs> well, that's you know that's not the way things are done in any sport anymore, except for apparently this week for the Sabers, because the Sabers are playing the Rangers Monday. The Rangers don't really have anything to play for, do they? No. But we'll see. I don't assume a bunch of guys are going to be sitting, but we'll see how that goes. They have the Devils. Uh, the Devils will have something to play for in all likelihood still at that point because they could still win the division. It's They're a long shot, but it could still be done. So mm-hmm. soon we'll see their, their A game. And then a nice one day off on Wednesday. That'll be pleasant. <laughs> uh, and then we have the Senators and Blue Jackets, who are both, you know, they're done. And then that's it. Another season over. So really interesting week coming up for a few teams in the NHL. I mean, things are still interesting for the Sabres, so it'll be cool to see how far they can push this and and how they finish. But a lot of the um, interesting stuff is really in the Western Conference, not the East. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, I just say that because uh, we we will have the, you know, the two wild cards. Theoretically, if those teams win tomorrow, 
and it's it seems somewhat likely they're it's they're probably gonna it's just probably gonna be florida and the Islanders. i guess you know pittsburgh is still interesting maybe 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 this is more of a race than i'm giving it credit for pittsburgh's still there they're, they're more of a long shot because they don't have the regulation wins but out west you still have we don't know who's going to win the the central and three teams could still win it and we don't know who's going to win the pacific uh, and two teams could still win that and we don't know how LA and Seattle are going to be seated. And we don't know who of Winnipeg, Nashville, and Calgary is going to get the last spot. The West is really super up in the air. No one is locked into their spot. Could be a lot of movement in this last week. Yeah. People are saying my prediction of Minnesota winning the Stanley Cup could still happen. Wow. Amazing. You were ready to abandon Actually, no. In fact, you did abandon it, I think, like a month ago. Uh, I didn't abandon it. I said, what moron would have picked that? <laughs> no one answered. Two very different things. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Thank you, Philip Gustafson. All right, well, let's get back to the Sabres really quick before we get to the rest of the league because what I want to talk about quickly, Taylor, we have th- four games remaining, as you said, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. How many games should Devin Levi get? Levi now is up to 3-1 and one this season. A very impressive start to his first season in the NHL, of course. A, a very short first season as it's just wrapping up this 2022-2023 season. But... He so far has an impressive 913 save percentage at five on five, Taylor. So we have four games to go here. How many games should Levi be getting? Two. He should be getting the Blue Jackets and Devils. So I, if I were the coach, and I know this is something it's really hard to do with the season on the line, I don't, but I, I just, I think the way it would lay out to me, maybe we do Levi first. Do we do Levi against the Rangers? Yeah, that can kind of change things, actually. Now I think about it. Yeah, you do Levi against the Rangers again. Uh, things can kind of change quickly. So I think part of the goalie rotation will, will depend on if they're still alive in the playoff race. But uh, Levi against the Rangers Monday night. And then Tuesday, you have the Devils UPL at New Jersey. Thursday at home against the Senators. Just going off the idea that they would be eliminated. I would do Anderson here, mm-hmm. his final start. He'd be at home. And then they travel to Columbus. And at that point, I think you close out with Levi. Sorry, Eric Comrie. Oops. Yeah. Hope you like Utica. <laughs> <laughs> or Rochester, whatever. I was going to say we're trading him. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. If somebody will take him. Why not? <laughs> yeah. You ever been to Grand Rapids? I hear it's lovely this time of year. Yeah, maybe next time of year you'll find out, pal. Or, right. or you know, a short six months from now. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the way I would do it. Like, I still do want to give Anderson that one last start at home. But if by some miracle they're still in the playoff race at that point, it's it's going to be a tougher decision. On the other hand, you can't just play Levi four times in five days. No, of course not. I would or say at least you, you shouldn't. Could, I think I could be talked into having him play three times given Anderson the home finale, but doing Monday, Tuesday, Friday. Um, I would put it this way. If they're, if they're out of it on Tuesday, I don't know. It's a back-to-back where yeah, you have to travel. But granted, they're not actually though. traveling anywhere, though. It's not really a travel day. Yeah, they are out of Manhattan it. Manhattan to Newark. So what days did you say you would want Levi to play? Monday and Friday. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on that then. But if they're in it, but that's the thing. I know, like, this, this just no one plays goalies back to back anymore. 
even though there's some interesting stuff, I bet that might change next year because there is some research that indicates that maybe that's a little bit overstated. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Do you know who um, who is kind of generally considered responsible for the end of goalies playing back to backs in the NHL? Who's that? I'll tell you what. I'm going to give it to you. You're going to figure it out. It's a person who works for a franchise you would expect that would ruin things for people and make the league less fun. What is a team that's uh, a boring, efficient team that we hate? The, the is it the Islanders? No, the more Devils? successful. No, more. No, the Devils rule now. I don't care what happened in the nineties. Oh, I thought you meant like old. Okay. No, no, no. Boring right now. Efficient because they win, and we hate them. Give it to me. Who? Carolina. Oh. Carolina. So it wasn't. He didn't work for Carolina boring? at the time. Yeah, I mean, so they're... think about it. Who's Carolina's? Um, I don't think of them that... as boring necessarily. Oh, they're fucking boring. Fuck them. I mean, they play I, boring I mean, dump yeah. and chase bullshit. <sighs> I mean, they have two exciting players. That's as nice as I'll be to them. I think that's maybe underselling it a little bit, but I don't think I they're exciting. Fuck them, but like, <laughs> all right, fine. Okay, it's Eric Tulski is the way to say it. Eric Tulski. Okay. So can you imagine that a guy who found something out statistically? It was kind of boring and made, I, I think it makes things worse. I like goalies playing like 65 games. I thought that was cool. I mean, it didn't really work when Ryan Miller played 76 games, but whatever. Well, so that was, that's that was going. And also, he might be wrong. He might have just looked at a two-year sample. Eric, my dude, you have like four PhDs. Do you need me to tell you what a small sample size is? Mm. But the whole league listened to him. So I wonder if that'll go back, though, at all. If, like, good How many PhDs do you have? Uh, I cannot disclose that at this time. Fair enough. Enough to know what a small sample size is, <laughs> which I, you know, which is to say none. I learned that in my high school stats class with Miss Kolchak. Wow. Shout out Miss Kolchak. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> so. Do you want to I talk about the playoff race? Yeah, I think. Out West? Oh, okay. So should we clarify something for the, the fans real quick? Because we said this before we came oh, yeah. on there. If you're wondering why we keep saying the Sabres can be eliminated tomorrow, it's because they don't have the tiebreaker with the Islanders or Panthers, which is regulation wins, and they can't they can't get it. They're too far behind. So they have 85 now, and both those teams have 91. So the Sabres max out at 93 points. So if those guys both win tomorrow, they both have 93. Even if the Sabres won out, they would win the tiebreaker. So if Florida and the Islanders both win tomorrow, and you never know, it's hockey, but the Islanders are playing the Capitals who are out of it, so who knows how much they care. Uh, the Panthers are playing the Maple Leafs, who don't have anything to play for, I don't think, but didn't really stop them from pounding the Canadians yesterday. So I suppose we'll see. Uh, but yeah, that's that's basically it. And then if the Sabres drop any points, they're not necessarily out of it. I mean, there's a few scenarios, if this, then that, but there's a good chance they're out of it tomorrow, and if not, Tuesday, Wednesday, which is cool, though, by the way, like the last week of the season. We're in it. Yeah, they're Yay. still in the conversation. They made it to the last week. That's Yay. that could be considered a success. I mean, all things considered, right? Yeah, when's the last time this was the case? Like 2012? I got to tell you, I know we were a little harsher about this uh, a week or two ago, you know, when they were floundering a bit. But 
really the past few days I've been thinking about it more and more and I'm looking forward to us being able to do our season wrap-up episode because I think it's pretty widely agreed this is a, a season to look at and be pretty proud of like they took some steps this year and I think by and large we should be happy with that and that just historically speaking like the trajectory that we're seeing like they're headed in the right direction right now and have done this the right way and next year is the year you know i keep i feel as though for the past 10 years it's like we keep putting it off well it's going to take a year to rebuild and then a year for this a year for that but it feels like next year it's it's finally it like we've been saying for the past two years that 2023 2024 kind of seemed like when the timeline would add up for them to be ready to like take that step and not to jinx anything, obviously, but it feels like everything has gone according to plan by and large. And so they feel ready to do that. And so I'm really excited to kind of look back on this season because it's going to be filled with a lot of optimism. So make sure you're staying tuned with us and, and sticking with us here through the end of the season. But Taylor. Absolutely. And I should say one more thing about yes. that. Uh, they now have 85 points. That's their most points in the season since 2012. It's their first time being actually above 500 since then either. Uh, and they actually could still pass 2012. There's 89 points. So five more points. They'd have their first 90-point season since 2011. So wow. it's been a minute. It's a lot to be excited about. That is for damn sure. Also, on the inverse of that, too, it's pretty close to being locked in at this point. But And obviously things can change here, but there is only a few games left. It seems as though heading into the draft lottery that the Sabres will be in 13th. So... No shot at getting a miracle and getting up into that uh, top pick category there to get Connor Bedard, but looking like they well, will we could probably get the uh, guy with the Italian last name that played on Team Canada, right? What is his name again? What uh, Fantilli? Fantilli, yeah. Yeah. Okay. They would need to have a lot of luck there, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, thirteenth though, that's... That's where they stand right now, at least. The lottery race is actually very interesting, too. Before we get to those, do we want to do a word from our sponsors? Let's do that. All right, folks. From tea to green, the best place to go get in on all the action is happening on the links is DraftKings Sportsbook. This week, new customers will receive an odds boost to add 1,000 to any pre-tournament wager up to $10 on any golfer to win. So you want to watch the Masters this week, folks. Tough, tough loss for LIV star Brooks Kepka. You just hate to see it. Ooh. 75. Brutal. Brutal. Wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. Collapse in the first half. It wasn't even interesting by the time it was over, but shout out to John Rahm. Anyway, so getting back to this, like I said, you'll receive an odds boost at plus 1,000 to any pre-tournament wager. So that goes for any of the upcoming golf tournaments. You know, there's there's always multiple majors coming up, but if you're one of those sickos that watches regular non-major PGA Tour events, for you too. So for example... If you're a new customer and you see a go- you see a golfer, uh, and you see him to win the tournament at plus one thousand odds, DraftKings will boost that golfer to plus two thousand odds for your shot at a bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day before the tournament to see before the tournament starts to see what they have in store. Now, so looking at this uh, this golf tournament, we're supposed to talk about. You know, we're keeping an eye on and all that. I don't have any takes on golf. Absolutely none. I cannot tell you guys in any good faith that I have takes on golf. Uh, Brennan also does not have takes on golf. Uh, so and I tell you this, I mean, the, the, the main event is obviously over. So it's kind of whatever. But I do like watching the last days of the, the majors and all that. But I will say this. 
I have been on a decent, I guess, decent-ish streak. Like I didn't, I forgot to brag about UConn winning. Not that I wanted that to happen necessarily, but I did say that. So that was like four straight correct things. And I gave like the easiest, like should be slam dunk, like no problem at all uh, advice last week that the Rays will eventually lose. And they friggin' haven't lost yet. How is that the thing I lose my streak on? The Rays are still undefeated and have a, they've outscored uh, their opponents 75 to 18. How's that possible? How are you of those things possible? Well, I'm not happy about it. So I'm going to tell you something even easier. <laughs> Next tournament, just bet against someone to win. How hard could that be? Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the next big golf tournament is. What's that? What are the odds for something like that? Terrible. You win like no money. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm doubling down on this. The Rays will lose this week at some point. So I bet you bet the under because I don't like the the idea that the Rays have good offense. I refuse to believe it. So bet the under, bet against the Rays. That's what I'm going for. That's still my choice. You heard it here first, folks. Yes. I only respect real... MLB organizations, but uh, honestly, not even most of them. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, use promo code THPN and boost your odds during this week's tournament. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-467. 369 in Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, uh, 21 plus in most eligible states, but uh, age will vary by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details in state-specific responsible gambling resources. Okay, so then our next sponsor is Thin Man Brewery, where Brendan and I spent some time this weekend the Elmwood location, but of course they have two locations because they also have one on Chandler Street. And folks, there's a lot of exciting stuff going on always at Thin Man. Looks like their patio upstairs is now open based on what I've seen. It seems cool, but they just unveiled a new beer. Uh, Hennis, it's a Kolsch. Uh, it's an, it's going to be a new mainstay. They say it's a traditional crushable Kolsch. It's 4.5%, so you can have 10 of them if you want, or just one or two. Your life, man. Fermented at ale temp, then lager conditioned at near freezing temperatures, this beer features the wonderful aromatics of ale fermentation with the crushability of a clean, crisp lager. I had one this weekend. It was pretty good. I like Kolsch's. If you like Kolsch's, I would recommend getting this. Uh, And then they also have the Munich Delight Lager. That debuted this weekend at both locations. So if you're looking to get either of those, head in Elmwood, Chandler. Maybe stop in, have one on draft, four packs, whatever. And then, you know, also consider coming out for a trivia. That's April 24th, uh, two Mondays from now. Two weeks from today, if you're listening on Monday. Uh, Brendan, anything to add about Thin Man? The 15th, Saturday night, go to Thin Man Chandler. Slow Animals is playing. It'll be a good time. Taylor, will you be making your presence there that night? Oh, yes, sir. And then we will be doing, I'm not going to disclose in the podcast, but we're heading somewhere <laughs> after. So if you come there. Uh, and see Brandon and I. Well, I'm not going to be performing, but you can see me. I'll be drinking. No, and Brandon, come up and we're going to do the podcast on stage instead of the band playing. Yeah. So, what's the song called that is our intro music? Balancing Act. Yes. I'm just going to walk right up. 
Wait, but this is not the right band for it, is no, it though, right? No. no, wrong band. Never mind. I gotta do that at Canada show. Okay, so this time I'm gonna go up there. Brendan's gonna be like, special guest to sing uh strokes uh legendary song last night, and then I'm gonna come up and I'll be like so I, you know, I think like when it came down to it, I don't think Yolkin Hash got enough credit for being uh, the best <laughs> defensive forward on the 0607 Sabres and really covering for the loss of Mike Greer. And then people are like, what the hell is this? And we'll do that for like 45 minutes. And then when there's only sickos left, we're all going to the next event, which Brendan and I know about, but I'm not sharing on here for important reasons. You have to be in the know. There's another event? There sure is. Can you text me what it is? Because I don't know if I'm in the know. Okay, you will be. Well, I'll... I'll, we'll talk after the after the episode's over. But anyway. Am I just totally forgetting? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I'm sorry. End of ad. Thin Man Brewery, the official brewery of Tage Thompson as American Lemieux, two locations, Elmwood and Chandler Street. So. April 24th. April 24th. Come see us. Uh, the Western Conference, like I said earlier, a lot of interesting stuff going on. Also going on, the race for last place. Still it's going tight. on. It's very tight. In last place right now, we have Chicago and Columbus tied right on their back. Anaheim, Chicago and Columbus are both at 56 points. Anaheim is at 57 points. All three teams have 50, or have 79 games played. Then in fourth, still in the conversation, the only other remaining team is San Jose. They are at 60 points through 79 games. So this begs the question, Taylor. San Jose, Anaheim, Chicago, Columbus. Who most would you like to see get the first overall pick and ultimately select Connor Bedard? San Jose. Who's in second? Uh, now Chicago's last. Yeah. I guess Anaheim. Uh, Columbus just... I don't know, man. No one wants to be there. <laughs> this I don't think Columbus is a fine city, but like people have traditionally left Columbus when they've been good. I mean, that's happened multiple that's times fair. now. Okay, they, let me ask you this. I mean, what, Johnny Gaudreau, I guess, wanted to be there, so it'd be cool. But, God, I don't know. I can't believe how friggin' bad they were this year. They were really bad. But let me ask you this. Way these two things, playing for a cool team like San Jose or Anaheim or having him on the East Coast? I don't want him in the conference, really. Well, that's fair. I just mean for the sake of getting to see him. That's a good point. And for yeah, they, they already the do have McDavid out in the West Coast. McKinnon, they're going to have Matthews soon. So there is a <laughs> preponderance of very good players yeah. out there. Uh, yeah, you know what? Columbus would be fine from that perspective. I, I guess, I guess what I – Yeah, but I, I think – yeah. I think they're also like – they're not threatening to an extent. So that's, that's fine, yeah. Maybe Columbus is fine. Uh, Chicago can go to hell. And then, you know, I think it's very funny that Arizona just decided they wanted to win at this point in the year. I mean, they're not going to have any kind of impressive record, but they separated themselves by more than 10 points. So they're, yep. they're not out of the running. I mean, they could still win the lottery. But getting actually the first overall pick, I hadn't thought about this. With the new rule that you can only jump 10 spots, new-ish rule, uh, that kind of means when you have the best odds, let's just say uh, Columbus finishes with the best odds. If anyone from 12, 13, 14, 15, or 16 wins, you get the first pick. Mm -hmm. So that adds to your odds. Your odds are not just your number getting, your ball getting taken out of the machine. It's one of those other ones does too. And granted, those are all low odds, uh, 12 through 16. But yeah, those teams are ineligible to have the first pick. So I think that's interesting. 
And then if I'm not mistaken, they can only drop to three. And this is a draft where a lot of draft people seem to think there are three, like, can't miss guys. Am I mistaken about that? At least. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, I mean, finishing last actually is meaningful still in, in a given year. And and then also it should be said that Connor Bedard is a, he's a pretty good prospect. Yeah, it'll probably go, I mean, I could be totally wrong, but I would think some to some degree like Bedard, Leo Carlson, and then Fantilli. Or Fantilli and Carlson swapped either way. What right. about Mitchkov? What's going on Mitchkov, with that I feel like his stock is falling a little bit because of the fact that he is under contract in Russia until I think like 25, 26. Oof. Yeah. Get out of that, buddy. Yeah. All right. So looking at the teams that are actually going to make the playoffs or whatever. So this is what I mean about the Central being crazy. I think Colorado took a nap for a bunch of the year. They had injuries, but they also, you know, they have the cup hangover. They don't. They don't need this shit. They don't need to impress anyone in the regular season, but they might win the central anyway. Currently they're leading the central with 102 points, four games left. One of which is tonight. It's going on right now. It just started Dallas, three games left, 102 points, Minnesota, hundred points and uh, three games left. Uh, so like I said, Colorado could actually be legitimately in first. It could be at 104, 103 by the time this uh, is over and they're playing the ducks. So they probably will be. So that's there's a lot lot still shaking out over there. Uh, then you have the Pacific, the race for that. Vegas and Edmonton both have two games left. Vegas has 107 points. Edmonton has 105, but way more regulation wins. So they would be they would have the tiebreaker there. And then LA is at 100. They're the only team that seems to be like pretty close to locked into a spot. But Seattle, they're actually really not locked in because Seattle has 98 points and a game in hand. Yeah. So those teams, those two could swap. Edmonton and Vegas could swap. And then the race for the last spot, Winnipeg seemingly had it for forever and then had a terrible stretch there in March. They have 91 points. All these teams have three games. Well, no, these two teams have three games left. They have 91 with three games left. Nashville has 88. That's going to be really tough for Nashville because uh, Winnipeg also has a tiebreaker. And then Calgary Two games left, they're at 90 points. So Calgary's not out of it. That looks great for Winnipeg, but it's not over. Last week, and no <laughs> spots in the West are settled. It's incredible. Calgary has 16 overtime losses. I would probably have tried to win in overtime more if I were them. I agree. Not the best strategy. I think they lead the league. Yeah, they are tied with San Jose. God, San Jose. Yep. Man, San Jose, this is incredible. <laughs> five and 16 in overtime. I mean, they wouldn't have been that much better if they won those games, but that's wow. incredible. That is, yeah, that's, uh, that is insane. All right. So who do you say end up getting that last wild card spot then between Winnipeg, Calgary and Nashville? I think Winnipeg does it, but they made this way harder on themselves than it needed to be. Like Agreed. not too long ago, they were actually in it with those other top three teams in the, in the central. Agreed. So, and also, have you seen the stat floating around? I thought this was interesting. So now that it looks like Pittsburgh might miss, they have the longest playoff streak in hockey. 16 straight years they made the playoffs. Wow. That is, there's a good chance that's over. Nashville, good chance they're not making it either. They were tied for second at eight straight years, and they're tied with Washington, who's already eliminated. So, do you know who that leaves? (laughs) Who's it going to be? Oh, boy. 
Can you guess real quick? Uh, it's a tie, I should say, but one of them is very funny. Is one of them Tampa? No. Tampa missed in 2017 uh, um, yeah. when they had all those injuries. All right, who is it? It is Toronto and Boston. No way. It sure is. Oh, man, I can't wait for them to lose in the first round again this year. I can't <laughs> wait. Can't yeah, wait. hilarious. Yeah, Toronto and Boston tied for it. Uh, at least Boston made one cup. Never, never winning a playoff series. Brutal. All right, let me ask you objectively. Do you think that they're going to beat Tampa in the first round? No. Cool, me neither. Yeah, I don't think so at all. And I don't think Tampa's all that great this year, but I think Tampa pulls that out. It's yeah, I mean, it's, it's too hilarious to not happen, right? Yeah, well, it, it's also funny that they could be like, they lose, or they win. Let's say they win. That'd be a big deal. They finally win a playoff series. Here's your award. It's Boston. <laughs> Congrats. You don't have any bad playoff memories against them, do you? Oh, I've forgotten about that. Sorry. Sorry, Leafs fans. Mm. Warms my heart. Just got like a shiver down my spine as you said that. (laughs) Anyway, I'm I'm officially I'm ready to make an announcement if the Sabres um, if they're eliminated at some point. So I guess we'll see what happens before we talk on Wednesday. An announcement. Yeah. All right. I'm excited for this. Well, do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share, Taylor? Not really. Are you excited for succession tonight? I am. I'm going to watch it as soon as we're done here. Damn right. Can't wait. All right. Well, do you have any recommendations for the people? Succession. Agreed. Watch the new episode. All right. Well, everybody, thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo Make sure you're checking out both presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode. Make sure you are subscribed to Straight Up Sabres, but also make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows across both networks and make sure you're checking out both of the presenters, both the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, where you can also find us, Straight Up Sabres. Last but not least, make sure you're checking out both of the sponsors of this podcast, both DraftKings using that promo code THPN at checkout. In addition, make sure you are also hitting up Thin Man Brewery. Make sure you're going there on Saturday night. Thin Man Chandler, Slow Animals. My band's playing. It's going to be a really good time. But if you're going during the week, if you're looking for something to do, go catch a couple of the Sabres games throughout this week. Thin Man, Elmwood, or Chandler is the place to be. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Thursday, everybody. Hope you have a great start to your week. This has been Straight Up Sabres. Sabres.